Dang it. What was I saying? The human dongle. Oh, get your finger out of my eye. Way better now that you've stopped touching it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was... Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain And the waving wheat can sure smell sweet When the wind comes right behind the rain Bam! Welcome back to Oakla Said. It is the official Oakla Ed podcast. We're so happy to have you back. Uh, I am Aaron Barnes and my co-host is Scott Twitter. You can find him at Teach From Here on the Twitters and you can find me at ebarnes 73 did you just call me Scott Twitter? Did I? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just... Scott Twitter Hazelwood. That's what people call him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, lunchtime margaritas was a great idea. <laughs> uh, Twitter sphere. But we're so glad that you have joined us for this podcast of the Oakland Ed Chat. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so this this week's episode uh, was starring, featuring the brilliant Todd Gregg. Mentioned several times on this podcast. Yeah. He is an AP history teacher and econ teacher out at Midwest City uh, High School. You know, I feel like there's some cool educators in the Midwest City, Dell City area. I'm just tossing it out there. Did I tell you? I may have already said this on a previous podcast, but uh, in grad school, uh, they were talking about um, you kind of have to know somebody to get in there. Yeah. <laughs> like that that you got to be one of the cool people, I suppose. Oh, okay. And I was like, eh-heh. that is uh, that is interesting. I just, you know, sat back with my big smile on my face because I, I feel like I know <laughs> people if i maybe wanted to put in a i know all the maybe. i know all the people hey guess what uh guess guess what guess what what okla said is going to be live i we'll come back to todd in a minute but i just wanted to share this okla said is going to be live we're doing a live we're doing a live podcast people and uh, win, you can win, win win you can join us on thursday november 29th at 1 30 and this will take place at the Cox, I believe it's the Cox Convention Center, downtown Oklahoma City, room five. Woohoo! Oh yeah, that's, it'll be epic. That's really exciting. Every live event we've done has gotten a bit more fun. So I'm excited for this one. And we went from like three people to like five people. Yeah. So maybe we'll have 10 this time. Yeah. That's maybe. what I said. Each time it gets more fun. <laughs> So if you are at the Oakland Media or Encyclopedia Conference, the Oklahoma Technology Association Conference, then um, come by on Thursday, room five. I think that would be exciting. Super exciting. Back to Todd. And he had a really good chat. This was the first time he's ever moderated. Yes. I'm really excited to get to talk to him on uh, the interview. It'll be great. It'll be super fun. So what did he talk about? Uh, he talked about teaching through student inquiry. Yes. Yeah, and so we see a fun little link there. We did. This goes to a, if you, if you don't get into the kqed.org forward slash mind shift website, there's a lot of education stuff that happens on there. And uh, I don't want to go way out there and say it's super duper researchy based, but it's like a new, sort of newsy. Like these are things that we're seeing. 
and there are great things in there to read. Good idea, good things. A lot of things too that can make you go, hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Is that from CNC Music Factory? Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. Pump up through them, pump pump. <laughs> things that make you go, hmm. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, so there's a link to the article that Greg based this chat on. Well, or that Todd based this chat on. I threw the definition in here uh, because inquiry-based learning sounds like all, what does that mean, actually? And if you don't really have an idea of what it means, going through this Twitter chat, uh, I was trying to go through it as like a person off the street or a layman, you know, and I was like, man, I don't know that I could clearly come up with what that was through some of those tweets. And so I just went out and grabbed it from uh, the Googles and it's inquiry-based learning is a form of active learning that starts by posing questions, problems, or scenarios rather than simply presenting established facts or portraying a smooth path to knowledge. The process is often uh, assisted by a facilitator. So uh, I, I just thought that that was uh, kind of handy to have a definition as you go into this because uh, especially as I was going through the answers for question one, it's like, I don't know that anybody listening who doesn't know what inquiry-based learning would know much about it, you mm -hmm. know? All right. <clears throat> if you're, and if you, I mean, if you aren't familiar, what's it sound like? Just It just sounds like maybe question, question learning, question learning, question learning. Yeah. Question learning. Question learning. And there's a bit more to it than that. Yeah. Well, question one, what comes to mind when you hear or read the phrase teaching through inquiry? Teaching through questions? Hey, Scott, why is the sky blue? Uh, let me go look and inquire. Okay. Actually, my, uh, my sky today is sort of gray. Yeah, it's pretty gray here, too. It's a little rainy. A little, little mist falling sort of descending slowly from this heavens <laughs> uh well i got to the i don't know why i even need to say it of course i was the second person into the the form uh or into <laughs> our document here but uh i i brought in your guy um and then i was like oh i noticed it before you know just moving on so uh my second best tweet so came june kim your second Aaron picked oh, you second. Sorry. <laughs> you first later. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I didn't have to say anything. And June, June, and like, oh, June you're number two. You're number two. <laughs> um, anyway, he said, uh, the way we learned growing up, the way to engage deep learning by association, not through memorizing, teachers have to be awesome to carry this type of uh, teaching. Slackers will fail. And uh, I really liked that because he, he, he's saying that's the way he learned. Well, I think, I think some of that too is think about when you're a little kiddo run around the house. Like you ask a thousand questions or, oh, yeah, or you yeah. just go out and just dig in the dirt and find the, you, you know what I mean? And so yeah. um, when you're that rambunctious four, five, six, seven year old, you just questions all the time and you're learning through all of those questions. And then your parents are like, well, go play in the, in the mud and see what you can find. And then out <laughs> you go to go do it and you dig through and you find a bug. And that leads to a whole new series of questions and answers. For, I mean, that's, that's how we grew up. Yeah. But he's got all the, right. he's, he's got the word right there. If you're if you're going to manage an inquiry learn, you know an inquiry learned learning sort of atmosphere, 
in your classroom. You got to be on the ball. Yeah, no, it's not something for the faint of heart because uh, there are a lot of questions. You mm -hmm. have to be ready to pivot at all times. And if you aren't um, on your game, the slackers will fail. Mm -hmm. He's right. Mm -hmm. I went with uh, Lavelle Compton, and he is at Lavelle X Compton. He said, I think about the student's motivation. In order for students to learn best, teaching can be done that breaks the norm. Oh, yeah. Uh, lectures, etc. So students can connect with what they are learning. I'm all Ooh. about breaking the norm. I like that. Hey, why have we always taught this way? That's because how we've always done it. Throw punch, boom. This is how we do it. This is <laughs> this is what my teacher did, and so I'm going to do it too. <sighs> you know, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not, you're not baiting me onto that box today. All right. All right. <laughs> Question two. How have you taught using inquiry if you never have done so? Why not? Good question. And, and I can't I, say that I can't say that I've ever done with inquiry, but I feel like when I went with gamification and with flip class, uh, it sort of stepped into that. Like I wasn't just the one steering the conversation anymore. So did I set up a problem yeah, that kind of guided so, the whole learning process? No, not really. Right. I wasn't all the way here either. Um, <clears throat> but with the, the podcasting and the research-based stuff, uh, it definitely led more this direction. And through the, the discussions that we had through the podcast, I I think the the kids would ask questions and then they the others would answer. And so there was still inquiry happening. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think we took it to this level. So... Uh, I, I picked Todd Gregg on this. Oh, questions. Not only did he moderate, he got chosen for a tweet. I know. I it feel is like a that's ridiculous. cheating. Uh, he said, last year I switched from a teacher-centered approach to a student-centered approach. This, uh, this is my go-to now in my classroom. It is all about facilitating students on their own quests. And I love it. And anytime we can you know, center things around the student versus around us and the way we feel the most comfortable, uh, I think is a win. Right on. And, and it's quite possible too, that, uh, you know, you know, when you do inquiry and you're, and you're telling the student, Hey, go grab this. That's a lot of control that we've been sort of trained as teachers that we need to keep and you're relinquishing it. And that can yeah. be scary. I think that comes up later in, the, in our chat, too. Uh, I went with Kimberly Blodgett. <clears throat> Grumble. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> what are you grumbling about? I'm not grumbling about anything, Kimberly. We love you dearly. Uh, really? For reals. Uh, but she said, I think a lot of teachers teach using inquiry. And I think she's right. Um, and, and that's why I picked this, this tweet, because she goes on. They just don't know to label it that. I need to yeah. do this more often. I love teaching PBL and the students coming up with their own questions. We shouldn't tell them what to be curious about. And and I think she's right. When you, when you've got this project, the students are working on solving. That's 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 basically through inquiry. Like they have to figure out how to go through and solve that problem. You're, you're not giving it to them. You're not lecturing to them. You're not laying out the roadmap from A to B to C to D. And right. and I think a lot of teachers are more creative than we give ourselves credit for. And so I really loved how Kim Kimberly started that whole tweet. I think a lot of teachers teach using inquiry. They just don't know to label it that. Right. And I I, uh, I liked the last little piece of it. Uh, we shouldn't tell them what to be curious mm -hmm. about. I mm -hmm. really like that last little part. 
Yeah, let them develop their own curiosities. I mean, okay, develop your own curiosities, but we're in this course, we have to sort of learn these things. Like, we can still, we can still bend the river. Like, that's what we get to do. We get to guide the river. And, but there's all kinds of rocks, and there's currents, and there's eddies, and there's all kinds of places the students can go inside that river as we move them towards where, you know, where we need to be. And that's the that's the great thing about being the teacher is you know where the final destination is. You can help guide that inquiry process. So if they go too far afield, you're the brilliant one that can just kind of nudge them back, nudge them back in. Yeah. Uh, well, question three: What's the biggest benefit from inquiry-based instruction? The biggest benefit. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so I went with Julie Robinson on this one. She is at Teach on Your Toes. She said. Uh, and this is her opinion, the biggest benefit is that they, it takes the spotlight off of the assessment and puts it back on the learning it uh, that took place. Did they learn? Can they share? Uh, it makes teachers and students better. And, and I, I would have to agree. I don't, I mean, the biggest benefit, I don't know. I would, I would like to look at the research on it, but um, I love the idea that they're not thinking about a test or is it A, B, C, or D, or how do I eliminate two of these answers or, or whatever, you know, it is actual learning that's taking place. Right. And I think a lot of times too, I, I don't think maybe as much here recently, but teachers sometimes run and hide behind, well, I can't do anything different because the assessment, the student has to do good on the test. Oh yeah. And I would push back on that and say, if you do inquiry-based teaching or you do flipped classroom or you do uh, PBL or you know wh whatever it is that you're doing, you're still moving your students forward. And it could even be a more enriching experience along the way. We just have yeah. to get over our own selves sometimes. All right. Uh, so I went with uh, Delilah Little. This is Delilah. <laughs> did, I, did I sound like? <laughs> Delilah, what's it like in Oklahoma City? I'm not. Eh. I was thinking of that Florence. The Well, I was thinking of two. One, the Florence and the Machine machine song. Ugh, hard for me to say. Delilah, have you heard that song by Florence and the Machine? It's so no. good. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. I was thinking Plain White Tees. Oh, and I was thinking also of Delilah After Dark. Right, no, I have heard Delilah after. Yeah, yeah. Delilah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, <laughs> Delilah Little joined our chat. I think this is her first one. She was coming in from Tulsa. And she is at Delilah Todd Lit One. She said, I think that the biggest benefit for kids is that they feel like they accomplish more in their learning. More and more kids are learning by doing things instead of just reading and writing. But as teachers, we need them to do or create things and then write about it. No, I agree with you there, but I love that they're doing more than just reading and writing. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's more to education than just reading and writing and arithmetics. Is there? Yeah. Is there? You got that social studies stuff, and you got them foreign languages, and you got... <laughs> You got that other. <laughs> How did does just, that fucking talk? Did you just snort and <laughs> wipe your nose? <laughs> I'm from I'm from the Oklahoma. <laughs> Sorry, time to make me snort. <laughs> oh god. Uh, question four: What are the potential drawbacks from inquiry-based instruction? Ooh, there are several. I mean, I really do think that they're there. I mean, it could easily go to, you know, hell in a handbasket if you aren't on your A game. Uh, but Heather Johnston, who is at hmm, T Ching 
elements. To ching. Ching. To ching. Not all teachers are great at developing inquiry-based investigations. So we need training along with this to to shift. (laughs) That was me rewinding right there. Not all teachers are great at developing inquiry-based investigations. So we need training along with this to shift, help, (laughs) <laughs> then, with this, with <laughs> who did you pick, Scott? Hold on, let me adjust the font size on your tweet here. Let me just get it from, uh, just get it big enough to be read. That should do the trick. Okay, I went with okay. Twyla Hester. She said students can miss key details during the inquiry process if the teacher doesn't have a strong depth of understanding in the content. It's important to fill in gaps along the way through discussion. It also can be uncomfortable and cause some learners to shut down. And that's what I was talking about earlier with, as, as the teacher, you, if I'm teaching uh, social studies or whatever, and we're talking about uh, uh, US history or something like that in a social studies course, I know where I need to get them by the end of the unit. So here's the guiding questions for that. And if they all of a sudden wind up you know, in some related action in Southeast Asia, and we're not to maybe Vietnam struggle yet, then I need to, I use my teacher genius to pull them back in to, to sort of, well, we're still in the 1800s, we're not quite there yet, what, what else can we do? Right, so we need training along with this shift to help them incorporate it. We need time, admin support, and a safe place for failing. There we go, you read that like a champ. Well, when you put it in font size 42, <laughs> it really helps. I did, but I did like what Heather um, had to say on, on her tweet, though, because it can be scary. Uh, we didn't learn that way. A, a lot of right. teachers. Right. You know. Well, and we do need the, the support from admin, too. It, like, if we say, hey, you know, principal, I really want to do this. Um, it's going to look messy. I'm not sure what it's going to, you know provide by the end of the week or you know end of two weeks but uh do you give me you know time and grace (laughs) in order to do this you know we'll we'll pivot if it's not working Mm -hmm. i always appreciated when my administrators were like we trust you as a teacher you you've shown us that you've got the best you know you've shown us that you're trying to work with your kids and move them along go try that crazy thing we we trust what you do and that can be huge right here and I always love it when a tweet, uh, Twitter chat goes this way. Um, I, I've done it before too, and I, I stole it from somebody else. But um, it, question five is find an answer from question four that you have faced in your own teaching and share a best practice for overcoming that potential obstacle. And so I really like it. This is you know iron sharpening iron in this. And so I picked a John Bennett tweet but before I read you his tweet, it, he's responding to Adam Rogers. Adam Rogers says, uh, you can get off subject very quickly. Uh, you have to sometimes redirect students back to the subject, even if the conversation is going great. And John Bennett says, ignore the mandated standards, relying... <laughs> relying... I think that's I- relying on... I think he... I think there was a... Sometimes it's not me. I don't think this one's you. I think this is spell check. <laughs> this is John's spell check on where he was tweeting. Relying, I earned the inquiry learning students. Relying on the inquiry, inquiry learning students. Remembering better to choose increased topics. Therefore, doing well on standardized testing. Anyhow, 
sheesh. Please stop. <laughs> I'm like, I read this. And oh, by the way, being infinitely better prepared for post high school life, whatever it is. <laughs> your hair. Like, what all I could see right now, all I could see was your owl hair just now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do they have pills for dyslexia? Because <laughs> I need them right now. I don't know. Okay. But no, but no, I think he's right. I think sometimes, and that's what that was goes back to something else I was saying earlier. We get caught up in all these assessments, and his teachers were like, ah, and we just, we're just going to practice for the test kids. We're just going to practice for the test kids. We're just going to, in, you know, life. Drill and kill. Drill and kill. Yeah, man, there's so much more to life than that. I mean, even with my college students, you know, we had to take this assessment, and I told them this is going to be a challenging assessment, but this is the first go. Like, you need to learn it. So if you come in here and it's a train wreck, then you're going to meet with me. We're going to go over everything, and we're going to try again. I'm going to yeah. – and, and I'm trying to tell them. I'm going to – I want to model for you how you can be with your students. Because if they don't learn it the first time through in the first place, just through drill, drill and kill, what what makes you think they're going to know it for the, an assessment? But if they're sticking their hands into this rich environment of learning, how much better is that? Right. <laughs> Who'd you pick? I picked uh, Caitlin Neely, and she's at Neely Caitlin. She said, I found that I can control the chaos somewhat by using stations. It gives me comfort knowing that my students move through the lesson in some kind of organized manner, but it gives them freedom to spend the most time where they need it. How cool would it be to just roll into some middle school or high school classroom that had centers? What? Yeah. <laughs> Sinners are for, like, second graders, right? Scott. And then, you know, and the teacher's at the front, and he's like, these are the sinners for today. And she says, I need you to roll through all four or five over the next two days. You go where you need to go to get what you need to get. Here's how you're going to show me that you understand. I like it. Boom. Um, Q6. Yeah. Why is it important to get students to ask quality questions? Uh, so they're not dumb dumbs at the end of the day. <laughs> and on to question seven. <laughs> <laughs> boom. I mean... <laughs> Can I boom my own yeah. non-response to yeah. the Twitter chat? Boom sauce your own comment for question six. All right. Uh, I picked Dr. April Grace, and she is at so Shawnee Soup. So pushing students to ask quality questions moves them into deep un deeper understanding transferability of learning, complex thinking, metacognition, and creates uh, cognitive engagement. And I was like, man, yeah, let me unpack that. It's a bunch of brain stuff. No, it is a bunch of brain stuff, but um, a deeper understanding, first of all. Transferability of learning, like taking something I got here and applying it somewhere else. Well, that's right? crazy talk. We look, we're trying to teach to the standardized <laughs> test, and all we need to do is be able to mark into A, B, and the C. Right. Well, and can you, you know, line up? And uh, anyway, I just, I really liked that. It creates cognitive engagement. And man, if you can take something you've learned once, you know, once before and apply it in a conversation or apply it when you're changing the oil or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, um, solving complex equations for your boss, you know, anyway. I just think that it's really good. And so if we can uh, push them for better questions, they're going to have a deeper understanding whenever it comes out. I mean, just in just in general, better questions yeah. are just good for you. 
Right. Uh, Heather Johnston uh, at Ching Elements. She said. (laughs) (laughs) That came out pretty good. I'm back around, Heather. (laughs) Students developing quality questions lead to investigations with direction and engagement. Students have choice in their learning and it can lead to deeper thinking about the concepts. And, And I just would say my own graduate school experience, you know, when I was trying to put together, you know, those dissertation-y questions. I can't tell you how many times they were like, no, this is not a good enough question. Ooh. Because the the better the question, the more freedom I had to seek a resolution to that question. And that was what they were working on me to get to, was right. don't just ask a dang yes or no question. Ask yourself a question that allows you to really go out and explore in a way that you think best is is worthy of, of that thing and so yeah I like yeah I, I, I liked her tweet there uh, well question seven what is a best practice for guiding students to ask better questions yikes mm. uh, we just know that we need to do it uh, now you want me to tell you how I'm gonna- <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna hurt the kid too by the way because <laughs> they don't want to think this hard sometimes no we get them sure. conditioned Right? No, I I totally agree. So I went with Caitlin Neely on this one, and she said, becoming comfortable with the silence as as you wait for them to gather their thoughts. Sometimes I catch myself rushing things when I could develop their understanding by just giving them a second. And so that that is like, I always heard, like, if you're ready to jump in and answer the question you've asked, count to 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> like give it the silence and when you're ready to to jump in count to 10 giving it 10 more seconds uh because that silence will get super uncomfortable for them and if you if you ask a question they got to think about it too like sometimes with my son when he's working on a math problem and i ask him a question i have to give him some time because he's got to process that question run it against what he understands, run it against what's he, what he has questions about, run it against what's he, what he feels comfortable answering, and then he will give me an answer. But if I if I just ask my son, what do I do next? He is not going to give me an instant response. He, just, he no. just won't. And it's the same thing with your students. Yeah. Um, I went with Dr. April Grace at Shawnee Sub. Sub. She said ongoing feedback, redirecting with a question that requires them to dig deeper, ask for clarification, practice, practice, practice. I, and, and on this, I would just I would just also refer back to my experiences with the flipped classroom. You're asking a okay. student to do something different, and for them, different means hard, and different means I don't know if I'm comfortable. Well, and let's so let's think about some time that we changed something right. to be different, right? Like, did you not take a little more time trying to work through it than you did, you know, your your plain old way that you had done it before? Right. It takes time. I mean, it just takes time. But then once you get going, once the kids get used to it, I mean, it can really be amazeballs. Yeah. All right. Qu- question eight. Question eight. How do students benefit from participating in inquiry-based learning? How do students uh, I think our answers one through seven have already answered that question yeah. so you know what i did i answered with what? a question how does it not <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh sean trent at mr trent 13 says many many benefits from student voice to deeper understanding but number one fostering curiosity and a love of learning in students 
the best thing we can do is teach students how to become learners. And I think he's right. Like I can, if I teach you how to find the answer, you're going to just bring me the answer. But if I teach you how to learn, you may find the answer and then go do some more research because you actually enjoyed what you were learning about. And see something you want to learn more about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I went with Mrs. Taylor. She's at Mrs. Taylor DCHS. I'm thinking it's more than Middell people. They're putting together one of them rebellion things about good teaching. Um, She said, we work in groups for simulations. Covert team building. Covert. Covert. Covert Covert team building is a goal for me, and it helps our students. I I like this. Here's here's why I like this one. Tell me. Uh, I had gotten to the point in my teaching where every year at the beginning of the year, we hardly ever talked about rules on the first day of school. I mean, hardly ever. Other than... You know, let's be decent to each other rule. But here's okay. what here's what I did. I took the first like five or six days, uh, school days, and we just did straight up team building things every day. Every day when you came in was a new team building deal. Man, you probably killed somebody in there who hates like oh, team building. Yeah, trust all. But it was but it was fun. We did fun <laughs> stuff, and I did, did it with I didn't I didn't no we didn't trust fall, and I did it with my friend Christina, and we had kids going all over the building. We had them doing stuff with iPads. Uh, we had them uh, build doing marshmallow uh, challenge thing. Like we had them doing all kinds of stuff. What we noticed was that because our students spent that first few weeks, those first few days, getting to really know each other in class, we could actually move more quickly through the material. Okay. Because they had each other to build on, and they knew that they could ask each other questions, and they knew they were all working in one direction. It was amazing. One direction. Yeah. I, uh, I got some songs. I, right, I don't so. know anything they sing. She don't know she's beautiful. It's uh, out oh, of it's out of my repertoire. Okay. I think I can pick out one of the guys, but I I couldn't sing a song. The adorable Harry Styles. Is that the one with all the hair? Yeah. Yeah, probably. All right. Uh, Question nine. (laughs) What soft skills are important for students to know before you relinquish control and release the students into inquiry-based projects? Okay, so they. We don't have have time to teach the soft skills in this school because we have to get them prepared for that. Uh, for that final examination that they take in April. And so it's a standardized test and those scores get attached to me. And so I just have to practice the test all year. Which two of these soft skills can I eliminate to find the right soft skill for going into inquiry based? Okay. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I went with Carol Walk again. She is at Carol Walk. Uh, She said, students need to know how to get past obstacles like failure changing methods when things don't turn out as planned but most important what effective resources look like and where to find them dang so important that's really good yeah uh and i went with ob by the way yeah (laughs) i I think i only picked a couple of ob's uh, tweets at at aubrey noel but she was en fuego uh during this chat and and i finally decided like as i'm scrolling through the chat i'm thinking to myself i could add that into the show notes I could add that. Like basically every answer she had for every question I could add Everything. into the into the show notes this week and decided I can't do that. It's not fair. But uh, but Obs, you were on fire. And so her response to this one was communication. 
That's my biggest Wait, hurdle. You, you gotta say it the way oh, she used to C space O space M space. No, M. it's supposed to make it sound like communication. Oh, oh okay. Dang it. So yes, talking, communicating, <laughs> listening and speaking, hearing and understanding, all of that. She said that's my biggest hurdle when I get when I get kids that have come from get and give the answer math class. We have to spend all caps weeks just learning how to talk about math. <laughs> and I think somebody called you out. They were like, "Okay, this is probably going to be the boom sauce. We already know what Scott's <laughs> going to do. He's picking this one. This is totally anyway." I think I picked another one from from her you... for boom sauce. But but she's yeah. right. I mean, if if we're going to do this inquiry based stuff, then we have to understand that as as students working on this and as the teacher guiding this we got to we've got to be able to clearly communicate to each other what's going on because you know, you know i i shared somewhere else somebody's easy peasy is somebody else's deep knowledge question i thought you were going to say with somebody else's lemon squeezy uh no i'm question 10 if only if only dear listener you could see what aaron's face right now with facepalm okay (laughs) question 10 (laughs) we have so much fun making this just for you just for it's just totally for just for you just for not for us at nope. all <laughs> uh for for aaron, aaron and i make it for aaron and me and our moms <laughs> you just get to come along for the ride um so question 10 how does the role of the teacher shift when a classroom moves from direct instruction to a more inquiry based approach that's a good question uh june kim i picked you first here just so you know, I didn't put you second here. June's number one. June's number one. He says, uh, may appear that T's take a back seat, but reality, T's have to be quick to combat the I don't knows, the shoulder shrugs with the uh, with follow-up or leading questions to help build their confidence. You will be mentally exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like, I, I really like that he put that because, you know, a teacher might be like, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, thinking, you know, we've, we've all made it sound kind of easy in this right, Twitter chat. Right. But it, it, I mean, it, this is tough, right? So I like that he was being real. I like realness. He liked to keep it on the real side. No, yeah. he's, he's right on though, because if you, if you don't do it right, then it does. Then you're just sitting there on the side you know, read the newspaper while your kids go to hell in a handbasket because you can't provide them the direction they need or the guidance right. they need or the support they need. Yeah, you, you got to be on your toes. Uh, Dina Rogers, and she showed up for like the last five minutes of the chat and dropped off some knowledge bombs. But And then just dropped it off. Yeah. yeah, she's at Dina underscore Rogers, and she said, teacher must be willing to let the kids move past his or her expectations. Students may come up with a better answer than the teacher was looking for. The teacher has to try not to put a box around their learning. Hashtag limitless. Bring it. Bring it, Dana. Well, then there was a bonus question. He didn't want to call it question 11. I don't know why we can't call it a question 11. That's what it was. It was was another question after the 10th one. And what number comes after 10? I think I'm going to add a question to the interview list. Like, 
Do you worry that I'm going to call you out for your questions now? <laughs> call it a bonus question. <laughs> bonus question. What was this all about? <laughs> uh, bonus question. Uh, what was one way you can apply inquiry-based approach to your classroom tomorrow? Oh, yeah. I liked it. So Adam Rogers says, as a T, sit back and just let class take place. Students might just surprise you. And now, that does, see, that's one of those tweets that makes it sound like it might be easy. Mm -hmm. But I do think if you can just get the heck out of the way for a second, he's right. right. Students will surprise you. They will. I went with uh, Kindergarten Rocks on the bonus question, Ms. S. She said, we're going to discuss what kind of power do words have? Can't wait to see what my kinders come up with. I like that. So uh, there you go. There's the chat. That was a great chat. A good one. Thank you, Todd. Mm -hmm. uh, did you have a boom sauce? I had for a the boom night? sauce from Obs uh, at of Aubrey Noel did. too. And oh, he loves her. It's just going to be the most amazing. Man. He said something about math, and now Scott's going to pick That's her. That's right. Everything. She was, but she was in Fuego. So really, go back and look at her tweets from that, from this conversation. This was a good one. She said, and "Now this is an, an answer to question six. So scrolling back okay. up to question six, why?" Is it important to get students to ask quality questions? And she said, Aubrey Noel too. She said, because in 2018, we need divergent thinkers. We have information available to us already. We need people who think differently. Asking questions make you th makes you think critically in a, w in a way answering questions doesn't. Yeah. Wachka! Yeah, that, that really was good. Um, I went with a Chris Paradise tweet here. Oh, man, I love and, Chris Paradise. Uh, I know. Um, she said, start with one idea and make a plan. Find your resources. Write grants. Uh, now, not everything you do is going to need a grant, but she's like, Middle Foundation grants are due this month. Just a <laughs> reminder for anybody who might be in there. Um, expect craziness the first time and the next few. Relax and show the kids it's all okay. And I just, I really like that. I remember the first uh, several podcasts that we did for that U.S. history class, man, I was just like, I don't know if this is going to work. I'm not in control, um, which <laughs> you, dear listener, especially repeat listener, you're probably like, uh, when are you ever in control? Um, I might surprise you. <laughs> I, I am a bit the of a... The children control. are just running around everywhere. Oh, my gosh, a fire. <laughs> ah! uh, Scott? Uh, I was talking. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, but it is it is it is crazy. It is a little bit of chaos at first, and so you control freaks. Uh, don't try to micromanage the situation because you'll be shocked, and then all of a sudden you've got a um, hundred listeners, and that's way more than the the fourteen kids' moms. You know, right? So, there you go. That was, I mean, just an, a, a quick example of this. Um, when I when I flipped my class, so this is flipped class years. So towards the end of the time that I was in the high school classroom, and um, one of my kid, one of my own children had been sick, you know, the previous evening or night, okay. like, you know, okay. the, and and if you don't have kids yet, basically what happens when the kids get sick, they mm -hmm. they they just they wake up at the weirdest times and come throw up everywhere, right? I mean, yeah. the, what you knew you or they they trust. 
their own poop. Yeah, like why couldn't you get to the bathroom and put all this throw up in the toilet or or some other, you know? And and so what happens? You have to clean everything up. You can't leave that crap for later. You, you got it. So now it's three o'clock in the morning. The kid's sick. Now you're changing sheets. You're cleaning up stuff. You're starting the washing machine. You're scrubbing the floor. You're doing all the stuff. And now it's four o'clock and you're wide awake. So what do you do? You just stay up, right? Right. Uh, so I rolled into school extra early one day because I was already up. Why not? And I, t- I told my, my first hour kids showed up. They started getting, I go, here's here's where I need you to consider getting to today. These are the guiding questions for the day. You're in your groups. The video is in Edmodo. If you have questions, I'll be back in a minute. I've got to go fill my coffee cup up. And when I was coming back from getting coffee, I could hear this like roar sort of bouncing around <laughs> and down the hallway towards me and I was like oh my gosh those are my kids they're they're oh, oh no kill them. Uh, yeah like there's gonna be carnage like I'm gonna kill yeah them. like yeah. I'm going to start at the kid poor kid sitting closest <laughs> to the door today because you're gonna <laughs> die and I'm working my way all the way across into the front of the room and so yeah. I had a sip of I, I remember this I had a sip of coffee to wet my vocal cords so I could rip some teenage booty and when I stepped into my door to proceed with the uh, disciplining of the children for being ding-dongs, I couldn't say anything because 32 kids were engaged in math. It was just, it was just, it was just, wasn't quiet. I mean, every one of them, every single one of them. And that's what happens with an inquiry classroom. So if you're really uptight about your classroom noise, this is a, you know, an uptight about classroom control, this is a hard thing. Yeah. So that was a long story to say it can be chaotic. It can't. I mean, it can be, but get out of the way. Get out of the Mm way. All right. So next week on the Twitter chat, uh, our buddy Jason James is coming back around again. And uh, he's going to talk about celebrating our success in Oakland. Uh, That's going to be exciting. He's the old superintendent at Alec. Now, it, it doesn't look like Alec, but that's how you say it. It, no, it doesn't. Uh, and that's going to be at 8 p.m. Central Time, right? Because it's not daylight time. Central Standard Time. It's always Central Standard Time. We, Is it? We've, we've talked about this. Is it? Okay. Chicago uh, Time. 8 p.m. Chicago Time. Chicago time. <laughs> we're on the same time zone as chicago so whatever time it is there that's what time it is here and that's what time our chat happens time zone <laughs> and um all right all right i totally forgot i need you to do this sign off go okay educators you know what to do go out and dominate the world Bye. How's it going? Living the dream. I have 26% battery. That rat sacker. Well, you ready to record? You know, Aaron, I was always ready. <laughs> You're only saying you're doing fine, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, okay.